Hi, I'm Josh Brown. We're at the compound with my friend Andrew Thrasher. Andrew Thrasher writes an analytics note centered around technical analysis. Is that the best way to explain it? Yeah. Probably yeah. not, but that's we're going to go with that. <laughs> um, but you're also a portfolio manager at uh, an RIA in the Midwest um, called Financial Enhancement Group, and we're going to get into that as well. Um, Andrew's here to talk about staying curious and how to use technical analysis as part of an ongoing advisory business. Um, let's get into it. Uh, Andrew, you prefer Andrew. I know that. I call you My Andy. Mom does. I call you Andy sometimes <laughs> on Twitter, but it's not like it's like it's, it's endearing. It's, it's, it's a, a it's term love. of affection. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and you are 16 years old. Uh, close. 32. Okay, 32. All right. So um, you and I met in 2010. I want to say or 11, like a very long time ago. Yeah. You slept a, right. Yeah. <laughs> at a big picture conference yeah. when, when Barry used to do the big picture conference. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, Barry Riddle's here with us as always. So, <laughs> Lurking in the background. So, so you were talking about um, just the idea, the difference between fundamental and technical analysis, and there are a lot of differences, but one interesting one that you brought up, um, which I'd love to hear more on, is that with fundamental analysis, there are a million inputs, right? You can have all different types of metrics that you're trying to feed into right. whatever your research is. With technical analysis, it's really price and then derivatives of price. So does that make your life easier? It's a, be it's a beautiful thing. It's pri pricing is very set volume. You can throw some volume in there. Uh, if you want to do some, some fancy rabbit reproduction numbers, you can get Fibonacci in there. But yeah, it's pretty much down to price. They're based on price, all of these other things. All day long. But what, like, wouldn't you say like market internals are different than price? or? But it's, it's, still, it's still a price if you want to look at the number of stocks that are hitting 52-week highs. It's their price hitting 52-week highs. Advancers of, versus decliners. Yeah. The price, it's, it all comes back down to the, the closing value. Okay. So you're managing a portfolio for wealth management clients. Right. Um, without like getting into like every like, like secret sauce or anything like that. But like just broadly speaking, when you meet with one of these clients or an advisor at the firm does and tries to explain your strategy, like what are the salient points about how you use price or how you use technicals? The way we, we do try to describe it with clients is that we're data dependent. Um, trying to go beyond what that data is, because we do use fundamentals. We, we have a CFA on staff. Um, we do think fundamentals do have an input. A lot of it kind of funnels down to eventually what the price is doing. So just being data dependent, relying on what the, the market's trying to tell us, that we're not trying to manhandle um, the market and force our opinion on it. Um, and how that, that just often flows back to whatever the price action's doing. Okay, but so is it trend? Is it... You're using technical to figure out what, what holdings to have. Like, what's the what's like the big picture way that you're using? We it? do a couple different things. Um, we look at trend, broad trend of the market for our kind of broad risk profile. Um, we do a little bit some mean reversion. So if things with the rubber band gets too stretched one way, that things might might pop if we're looking for something to be shorter term. Um, then we well, do so you'll trade against a trend. Yeah, it just if, if the kind of there's certain setups that I'll look for, and then we often look a lot at relative performance. Um, we want to see how things are performing relative to their sector, or to the market in general. Um, so if we're, we kind of want to be riding with the the broad stream instead of trying to fight the current from a from a macro standpoint, the, the large market. Do you find when you talk to um, investors that a lot of the terminology that's related to fundamental analysis is more natural for them to understand, it's and what, then it's in what techni technicals, yeah. it's it's just not. It's what they hear. When they, when they read a news story, if they turn on the news for a little bit, they're going to hear company earnings. It's something they can understand. They're, if, if they're in a business world, they understand what earnings are, what revenue is. So it's something they can relate to. Because they're a business owner. So you're talking about profits, right? You're talking about sales. It's like these are real terms that they come into contact with. And then you're talking about volume weighted average price, and they're like, <laughs> right. wait, what? 
Fibon you get into stochastics and their their eyes glaze over. Yeah, they're done. So so what's the biggest challenge about driving a portfolio with technicals when you have uh, a clientele that might be somewhat sophisticated about the economy, about companies, but they really don't get support and resistance or trends or expanding volume or anything like that. A way to bring it home is they get their connection to the portfolio is their monthly statement. Most of them aren't checking intra month online to see what their portfolio is. Some are, but most of them it's looking at their we custody at TD Meritrade, so getting their TD statements. And we say when you get your statement, your account's being reconciled based off what the price of that stock is. Your right. value of your portfolio is based off how that much that stock is being determined by the market, which gives you the, the closing value of the price. That's what we think is significant and that's what's important. If you want to sell You're saying results. Results. Don't, like like let us let us do what our process is. Right. You want to take money out of your portfolio to go buy a boat or take for some retirement distribution. We can't say, hey, this company's valued at this, so that's what we want to sell the stock at so you can go on this family vacation. We have to determine what the market says it's valued at. So, so how do you separate wishful thinking and hopes in, in a client's mind from the actual hard numbers? Sure. You have that with some people that will, that will bring over positions, legacy positions. Um, being in Indiana, we have a lot of auto, uh, Ford stock, GM stock. Um, we, had I'm a client, so sorry. we had a client who has been worked at GM and on his deathbed said, never sell this stock. To, to what, his, what, do you, uh, what do you do with that? To his relatives. To, yeah, to his spouse. Never sell GM. You can, so well, I mean, now she doesn't have to worry about it because it went bankrupt. She's okay. <laughs> right. can, can you sell calls against it? <laughs> it's, it I it, get what you're saying. It, you're, kind of, you're kind of stuck. So in those types of positions, you can help manage it. Um, and we'll try to work with those legacy positions. But it can be a difficult conversation because they really get tied to the company outside of the stock. Right. They don't view them as the same. What do you do? What do you do maybe in terms of portfolio construction or in terms of exposure? What do you do when the fundamentals and the technicals disagree? I always ask this question of people that say they use both. So we have and a, I don't have a good answer. So we have a position on and the, the, the two start to diverge or be something we're looking to put on. Okay, so... Maybe you don't run into this situation, but maybe broadly speaking, right? Like you've, you've thought about this. Like in other words, you say, technically speaking, um, this group of stocks looks incredible. So right now that would be like utilities, arguably. But the fundamentals don't justify utilities selling at 16 times forward earnings. So the CFA on staff is like, no, we're not going to be adding to this group. I don't care mm -hmm. that it's breaking out. And the technician on staff, hypothetically anywhere, is like, no, 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 this is what's working. We need to have more of that in the portfolio. Yeah, so we'll use position sizing sometimes for that. If it's something where the two of us disagree, um, let's say if a standard position is 5% and the fundamentals just look like trash, then maybe we'll put on two or two and a half and then wait. Or if it's kind of the opposite where the, the company's printing money but the, the chart looks like trash, then same thing, we'll maybe do a smaller position or wait until price, price confirms. We, so, we have a lot of that where he has stocks that he loves, but if I don't think the, the chart looks good, we'll kind of sit on it and kind of wait for that to improve. So typically, how much do the technicals tend to lead the fundamentals by? Most of the trigger pulling gets pulled on technicals, um, on the buy and the sell side. So how long does it typically take for the fundamentals in price to catch up to the technicals in price? So our watch list often gets built on fundamentals for our longer term positions. Um, so like we've had Apple since 06. So that was, we've held it for a long time, a lot for kind of for tax reasons, but the fundamental, the charts looked like perfect. And sometimes it's, it's got cut 50% a couple years ago. Right. So we'll kind of, because the fundamentals kept us in it, and for, for tax reasons, we kind of held that position. The fundamentals had to carry it for a little while, even though the chart kind of had to uh, some, some weak So points. a pure technician would look at that and say, once it breaks that trend. I don't, I don't agree with that right. approach. But, you, but then you have to come back and say, well, look, this isn't a hedge fund. These are separate accounts. These people have tax ramifications. And we, 
either need to have a broader tolerance bands or right. we need to maybe use position sizing rather than buy and sell calls. And I mean, it's, it's, it's yes, an art. So we'll use position sizing. We also, we also separate our accounts into qualified, non-qualified. So we have that ability to, if it's all, if it's Apple and all IRAs, we have the luxury, we can exit that position, not have the tax focus. So we'll try to visit, to kind of do that at strategy, which has worked really well for a lot of the things that we want to get out of. Um, that way we built up a large gain in. So I want to ask you about this other thing that you were talking about. You're saying like the ability to stay curious and to ask questions, um, which I don't think is something that's unique to technical analysts, obviously. But um, I know you wrote a white paper about volatility. Yeah. You called it predicting a volatility tsunami. And I, I tried to read it, but I'm not very bright. <laughs> um, but I got the gist. Yeah. And I, and I think you were kind of saying like some of these, they're, they're naturally occurring phenomena. Um, they're almost like akin to a volcano uh, or, a, or a, excuse me, an earthquake or yeah, something. Or a tsunami. Or a tsunami where there were like. <laughs> that was good. Where there were like moments before yeah, it erupts. Yeah, kind, of kind of the calm before the storm. But how much time, all right, so like without going crazy, yeah. how much time do you really have I'll give, prior I'll give to a volatility tsunami, which is what, when, VIX 30? When all the animals run up the hill away from the that's shore, right. that's your warning. When, when, yeah, all the ants leave Manhattan. Um, <laughs> I, wrote a, I wrote a post in September on my blog on athrasher.com. Subscribe. Uh, Andy. Called, <laughs> it's called, I, I said, the storm your book. Don't, put, don't push it. <laughs> the volatility clouds are forming. That was in September. Where volatility really contracted. And it was actually contracting on Wait, the you weekly. you called the uh, fall... Tsunami? Yeah. Okay. Um, why aren't I, why aren't I reading you more? It's <laughs> a good great question.